I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California. It's the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, the Internet's first live comedy variety show. Featuring special correspondents from the worlds of entertainment, politics, and lousy relationships. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for March 10th, 2013. It's almost my birthday. And mine, but we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> Brandon, could you turn the speaker off? It's driving us crazy. <laughs> we're just delirious because it's almost our birthdays. That's right. We're all hopped up on Easter sugar. Anyway, back to the show. Meanwhile. It's almost my birthday. And mine, but we're not talking about that yet. Yeah, we blew that one. <laughs> That's right. Also not being talked about on tonight's live cast is the fact that Lindsay Lohan may be forced to accept a plea agreement in which she is placed under house arrest for 90 days. We are appalled by this miscarriage of justice and our thoughts and prayers are with the house that will be forced to endure this egregious punishment. Brutal. We will also not be talking about the conclave to select a new pope. Thank God. We know these 55 votes are very important to a lot of people around the world. Clearly, there are huge scandals clouding the discussion, criminal behavior clouding the applicants, and massive secret corruption to be dealt with. But in the end, we know next to nothing about the candidates, the procedure, the choices, or the entirely secret process. So, on the story of papal selection, we'd like to be the first ones in the media world to admit that we have absolutely no no idea what we're talking about and shut the hell up. We encourage other media outlets to take the shut up about the conclave pledge with us. Instead, let's talk about the ongoing RICO-style investigation of systemic church criminal conspiracy and let the cardinals spend their time rearranging the proverbial deck chairs. Also not being discussed on tonight's show, Taylor Swift's outrageously inappropriate application of a famous quote from former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, except to say that there is a special place in hell for entitled divas with no sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Count us among the long line of people who would love to be subjected to some mild ribbing by super talented comedians Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Right? But such a point would just be lost on the perpetually victimized super rich pop star who probably believes there are special places in hell for the humble, the self-aware, and those who are simply grateful to remain in a media spotlight that allows them to sell millions and millions of copies of their latest work. Uh Aha. We also refuse to discuss ending provisions 
provisions of the Voting Rights Act. We think that's just stupid and that the provisions should be expanded to include more states, not fewer. We're talking to you, Ohio, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Florida, and all of the rest of you corrupt political cheaters out there who are trying to win elections by changing the voting rules rather than by doing a better job. We refuse to discuss Vin Diesel's topless photo shoot with a giant leopard, except to say we hope both he and the leopard wore protection. Hear, hear. We also decline to comment on snow and cold weather occurring during the winter. 19-year-old rock stars earning $55 million and behaving... Well, like 19-year-old rock stars with uh, $55 million burning a hole in their pockets. Mm -hmm. Nor will we speculate on whether it's a prince or a princess. Since it's not our baby, it's none of our fucking business. But everything else is still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. Tonight, Sheik Yerbudeh from the People's Church of Semtex offers us his message of peace and provocation. As to the infidels, you will feel much better about yourself if you kill people you disagree with, no matter how minor the disagreement is. Death to the infidels. Why spend time on useless thought trying to advance the cause and improve the lives of your own people when you can focus all your energies on killing people you never even met? Death to the infidels. Pay no attention to the actual teachings of your religion and practice violence as the expression of your holiness and in tribute to all you hold sacred. Death to the infidels. If you can't find any infidels raising the price of gasoline by randomly attacking your neighbors for no apparent reason is almost as good. Amen. Yeah, I know we have that in common too. Amen. Too much? <laughs> well, that's a big angry mob out there. I am telling you. <laughs> I don't know how to stop that angry mob from being angry sounding. The fatwa will be televised. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, that's his last appearance well, on the show. I'll tell you, I am tired of being called an infidel. Yeah, I am too. Like, it's fine with me that other people practice their religions, and it ought to be fine with them that I do or do not practice the religion of my own Yeah, absolutely. Choosing. I completely Please stop agree. calling me an infidel. Absolutely. I completely agree. And as we say here on the Dinner Party Show, everybody gets served at some point. So if your group isn't getting it today, tune in next week. That's probably when they'll get it in the end. Or send us a note and we'll be happy to come after you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Dinner Party Show. It is March 10th. We have only a few more hours until my official birthday begins. God only knows what time it is with God damn oh, daylight God. savings time go. destroying my day. I hate daylight savings time go. so much. Go. Tell the story about the news report that you and your father saw oh, on television. Oh my God, it may be one of my favorite childhood memories. And so this was, <laughs> you were a child, so this was 1930. It was 1802. Four. It was in okay. the early days of television. When pterodactyls were, darkened the skies. You know, actually, the televisions were wood burning. <laughs> What does that even mean? What is a wood-burning television? I have no idea, but there, there you needed have, a shaman there to determine the images a, in the fire. There couldn't have been a television back in the before time, so if you're going to make stuff up, you have to, you know, like 
like the pterodactyl being the dishwasher in uh, the, on the Flintstones or whatever. <laughs> That's good. You know, they it's good to the, look to the Flintstones for right? technological open innovation. Open the beak and throw the yeah. dishes in. Anyway, so back in the before times in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, one day on Eric's hometown. WLTX, our CBS affiliate there on the evening news, mm. they went at daylight savings time, went out on the street and did a man on the street <laughs> interview of people's opinions of daylight savings time, which just like okay, but let's, let's how do you come to do let's that? Let's reenact it. Can I be the woman who gets interviewed? Because I've heard the story so many times. You be the interviewer. Okay, so ma'am, uh, if you if you wouldn't mind, we we'd like to ask you what do you think about daylight savings time? We enjoy it. Yeah, that really like, and that was that was sort of the tenor of the the interview. Oh, yeah, the kids get to go out and play and. It's good for business. It was there was a lot of really. Well, what is it? Why do we do it? Arizona doesn't do it at all, right? You drive through Arizona and you don't even know what year it is. And that's working out great for Arizona. Hey, I love Arizona. <laughs> it's pretty, and there are a lot of resorts. And you're white, so it's okay for you to be there. <laughs> I feel really at home in Arizona. Right. They'll be and they'll be okay with you feeling at Arizona. Right? I think is the new state yeah, name. No, I don't know. Like, I guess Arizona is a beautiful place, and I, it's just. It's one of those things. My father and I were on the phone the other day, and he was saying he's still living in South Carolina. And he said, oh, my God, it drives me crazy every day. It feels like they go and figure out some other way to do something to embarrass me on the national yeah, news. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Sanford is trying to get back into politics, oh, I hear. God, I think he's never been in politics in the first place. I think that may be the misnomer in that story. <laughs> I think it, it was his wife, right? He was really a yeah, product of his very smart the, and productive apparently, wife. Apparently, that's what I hear. I yeah. haven't lived there for a really long time. Thank God, not yeah. would. Um Anyway, so anyway, we daylight actually, savings time. Daylight savings time. We actually have other guests on the on the show tonight than besides Sheik Your Booty. Me. And besides Eric Shaw Quinn, <laughs> Sheik Your Booty, and an impression of an yeah, old lady from South Carolina. we have amazing guests tonight. Absolutely. Barrett Foa of NCIS LA. Which I love. I hope you love NCIS LA as much as I do. And if you haven't watched it, that's the only reason that you don't already love it. Yes. I haven't missed it since it came on the air. I think it's like three, maybe four seasons ago. I can't, I've lost track. I've been having so much fun. You really have. And Barrett is also a veteran of Broadway, although he's so young, I shouldn't call him a veteran of anything. I was going to say. But uh, I'm familiar to audiences. We already have people on our <laughs> Facebook page asking that we make him sing, but I don't think we're going to do that tonight. Unless he, he's being served some cocktails out in the lobby. May, if, if he hasn't left in horror over the beginning of the show. <laughs> So and then Shoshana Bean, his friend, is with him. She right? played uh, Elphaba in Wicked on Broadway. She has a new album out that's available Which in our store. She brought us a gorgeous copy of. She really did. She brought us the vinyl. Which right? is stunning. It's in our studio right now, right next to the box of Krispy Kreme donuts that my amazing co-host and our sound engineer, Brandon Griffith, got for me tonight. <laughs> I'm a little choked up because I've already eaten three of them and my sugar's all over the place. <laughs> yes, insulin. Absolutely. It'll make your birthday into something that you weren't expecting. No, it certainly won't. And speaking of unexpected, <laughs> doesn't Breck have a—what is Breck doing this week, isn't it? Well, I think he's trying to be topical, I I think okay. that was the well, choice. We have a report from Breck Artery, our fairly imbalanced newsman, as I like to call him. Let's see what he's doing. And now, live via telephone, it's Breck Artery calling from his den in Studio City. Breck? Good evening. This is Breck Artery, and in keeping with the tone set by newsmakers in Washington and elsewhere, I'm just phoning it in tonight. Why should I leave the comfort of my home when the collective voice of the governing body of the richest and most powerful nation in the history of the world lacks the political will to do anything that would actually help? 
After months of grandstanding, posturing, and saber-rattling in a stunning show of unprecedented gutlessness, the leadership of both parties, unable to agree on anything, have simply chosen to do nothing at all. The blowhards on the right keep insisting that the revenue problem they created is a spending problem, even though they're the ones doing all the spending. And if we had the revenue they threw away to buy votes, there would be no problem to begin with. But rather than risk standing up for what they say they believe in, they keep trying to get the other side to dismantle the very entitlement programs their aging conservative constituency doesn't seem to realize the very representatives they've elected are trying to dismantle. On the flip side, the alleged progressives seem to be aware that we are in the midst of a revenue crisis, but are equally unable to end the tax entitlement programs they say they want to end, preferring instead to try to force the other side to take the blame for ending the tax shelters and the arcane congressional rules they say are preventing them from succeeding. So, rather than do anything, both sides pretended that they were unable to do the jobs they were actually elected to do and created a malodorous piece of legislation to do the dirty work for them. Clearly, these maverick firebrand agents to the lip service of change hope that they'll be able to blame the opposition for their gutless unwillingness to stand up for the very things they were campaigning on just a few short weeks ago. The left risks nothing by deferring the decision on the question of revenue. The right keeps the completely incompetent wingnut fringe of their party in check long enough for attrition, scandal, and the dawning realization of the electorate to pick the lunatics off in upcoming elections like candied cherries off the proverbial fruitcake. And we take it in the neck once again as the politicians we've elected prove they are all too busy running for office to run the country. I think the most important aspect of this story is... Oh, speaking of important, I've got to take this call. Until next time, this is Breck Artery saying good night and good dinner. And I've got to go. Back to Chris and Eric and the Dinner Party Show. This is the part where we should talk. Oh, oh, <laughs> You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. <laughs> Everybody is hopped up on sugar tonight it at The Dinner Party Show. It is a crazy night at The Dinner Party Show, and I think Vicky Carr is plenty crazy, too. That is the most ridiculous song I I've ever heard in my life. It it's the, about a phone call. It's right up there with the Charlene thing, I've never been to me. Those are my two of my most <laughs> over-the-top, favorite, ridiculous diva girl songs in the whole wide world. But, yeah, that was a—and I think it's the perfect— Choice for um, for for Breck's Breck. Breck Artery in. filed his report from his own living room in Studio City tonight. Right? Yeah, because if the rest of the country's phoning it in, why not Breck? And that's apparently his sentiment. You know, always one to uh, go for the symbolism. Yes. That Breck, our Breck. What did you call him? Our fairly imbalanced news. Fairly imbalanced. I think that's the perfect description okay. of TDPS news. We said we weren't oh. going to talk about it, but somebody's getting it. So, okay, so the story is we're not going to be together on your birthday, which is coming up. Or your birthday, or my which birthday, is almost which is here. Coming up. I'm getting out of town as fast as I can as soon as the show <laughs> is over to get away from you. Yeah, right. And so I have your present. Oh, and you're going to open it live on the air. It has two bows. What if I hate it live on the air? Well, maybe that was the idea. <laughs> maybe that was. It's called shtick in the theater world. Shtick. <laughs>
Oh, my God. We got it pacing, Eric. Open the gift. Open the present. Okay. <laughs> it has two bows. It's in a green. Yeah, you're the one. This is, oh, my God. It's an iPad 3. I got a new iPad. I don't know why I hit that button. That's a terrible button. Now, do the fanfare button No, no, this one, this one, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the iPad three. Oh my God, how terrific! You, if you don't know, if you have, if you've watched any of Beckett's uh, backstage videos of the show, we do the whole show on our iPad tablets. We um, we communicate with our listeners on our iPad tablets, and we put. I send my we when we get the scripts put together, we send them to or I send mine to Kendall, and then I read it on the tablet. We don't ever have paper on the copy stand. Absolutely, so Tonight, the whole show is iPad. So I have a brand new one because How, you had Generation One iPad. This thing has like a, a rotary device. On I the had back. the wood burning iPad. Wood burning <laughs> iPad requiring the use of a diviner and a shaman. Um, tonight on our Facebook page, we are talking to Regis Harden Jr. Justin Simpson, Samiko Salson, all of the loyal and the faithful. Don Mike is also joining us. The we have usual a, suspects. We have a, a listener um, calling in from Germany. We are trying to streamline how we interact with you guys. Sometimes we lose your comments as the feed refuses to refresh. And boy, my mom is hopping mad. I'm telling you, what's my going mom on? Is your mom mad. and Facebook are going to uh, she four rounds. Believes that Facebook is punishing her posts about the dinner party show by not showing them to all of her hundreds of thousands of fans because she has previously paid to promote those posts and so if she doesn't pay she feels like it, she can see the views and she feels like it's getting not shown I think strange things are happening at Facebook we're concerned and we're paying attention because Facebook is how we interact with our audience here at the dinner party or show. it's a sizable portion of it it's yeah. not the only way there's also uh, the site the email then there's two or three other versions of social media so yeah it's possible the best way to get in touch with this is always at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com that's where we actually live but Facebook and, has certainly been a great way for us to connect with uh, with people out there. I would hate to think that they were doing something that seems so malicious. I, well, it's about instituting strange algorithms on a platform that has billions of users. I think it's billions of users. You know, they have unintended effects. Apparently, I've spoken to people who work at Facebook, and they say most of what goes wrong on Facebook is a result of spam De prevention device that they've installed, which just sort of runs amok in ways that they don't know or to expect. Out of control spam prevention. <laughs> Run! It's the spam butt, man. Anyway, are we going to talk about Facebook for this whole segment, or am I going to bitch about Chris Brown? Oh, which my is God. Would scheduled. you? Jesus get, Christ. Join the, I think we should when, get the bitching about Chris Brown when, chorus. It, when are we going to have enough of Chris Brown? I mean, that video this week of him berating and threatening that valet, it pushed me over the edge. It, at a charity event. For inner city youth. For asking to pay, asking him to pay for his parking, which yes. I don't think seems all that unreasonable. Over $10, Chris Brown was willing to threaten to blow up a charity event on camera. It Really classy. I, I don't know. Give I, me my effing keys. Give me $10, the valet says. Effing $10, Brown yells. We gonna turn this whole spot up, I promise you. Right. Uh, that's really attractive. Yeah. But I think that it's the, you know... It, if you get coverage for behaving like a jerk, it's the Lindy, Lindsay Lohan school of, like, my question is, why do people keep casting Lindsay? She seems like a bad news buffet. Why would anybody keep coming back for another serving? Well, I think we may have, we may be at the end of Lindsay with the Canyons. That was a sort of high stunt casting that we saw with that. And But I, even so, like, there it, were other actresses who were available, but what they cast them for was that they bring this sort of media heat because people will cover all of their ridiculousness. So maybe this is, 
his strategy to sell albums is by behaving like a you jerk? Know, I, I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. Think, I think there are various scenarios for these celebrities. I think there's that. The strategy is negative attention is good attention. Bad publicity is my only publicity. But Chris Brown is actually a talented musician. I listened to Chris Brown's music before he beat up his girlfriend. Which you always know? is really a... Before he, according to the police report, pulled his car over to the side of the road so that he could punch her more effectively where she sat in the passenger seat. This is all documented. It's not like this is Internet rumor. What's what's baffling to me is the the mentality of Team Breezy, which are his fans online. Uh, I don't know if if any one of you or any of you were paying attention to this fight that happened between him and Jenny Johnson on Twitter. (laughs) Jenny Johnson, who has said that at some point she will come on the show. I hope so. I can't wait to have her on the show. We're not even going to talk. We're just going to sit here and stare at her and let her say whatever she wants. Whatever she wants. If you're not following Jenny Johnson on Twitter, you really should. Yeah. Well, the two of them have been going at each other for a while, and she called him a piece of shit on Twitter. Uh, and reposted the police report detailing everything that he had done to Rihanna. And he responded to her in a way that I don't think we're going to repeat. We're not regulated by the FCC here on this show, but I don't want to say half the words in his response. Our mothers are probably listening. My mother is listening. And yes, I know my mother wrote sadomasochistic erotica, but she's got <laughs> class. And nothing about his response was classy. No. So anyway, the, but the point is, is that... Um, I don't understand how much the guy's going to have to do before people sort of collectively say, okay, I'm sorry, you're just too horrible a human being. I, You know, I, there is an entire wave of that in every facet of life, in politics, in entertainment. I blame Howard Stern. Do you? Yeah, I think Howard Stern made it okay for everybody to act like an asshole. I, really? There was a point at which, in my back in the days of wood-burning television sets, right. where— Assholes were rare, and when they turned up, people went, oh, an asshole, and that was kind of it. Now right. we sort of celebrate them. Every, once Reagan got elected, every, all bets were off, and it was suddenly the celebration of people behaving like jerks. I, I, I really hope that we get back to a time where we are appalled by and dismissive of people – who behave in that way. I'm not a big PC nut, but I think that manners are how we show respect for each other. Right, right. You know, it's how we show up in the world. Can they also be how we show disrespect for an idea that is potentially dangerous or destructive? I mean, sometimes we we withhold our manners from from things like Chris Brown, you know, or his behavior, right? We we withhold our, our sense of, well, he's just a kid and he's just being who he is. It's like, no, this is awful and it needs to stop and you're acting like a jerk. Or is that, or is the point we we should always be well mannered, which is boring. No, I don't think that's the point at all. I mean, I I think that it's about the response, not him. I, I think people get to say that's what I mean. It's not a PC issue. I think Chris Brown gets to act any way that he wants to. I'm hoping that we arrive at a point in time where everybody turns and looks the other way because they're not interested in somebody who's acting like that. Yeah, Um, We had a big conversation on the show last week about reality television, and we addressed some of these points. (laughs) Yes, it was a very large conversation about it. It was the only conversation we had last week. For a very long time. We had a passionate, our guest was a passionate devotee of, um, actually our guest, Jeffrey Self, Brought his boyfriend, who was a passionate devotee. <laughs> Patrick McDonald, the Bravo-holic. But one of the points we tried to make was that we felt like the dramatic center of reality television was this inauthentic negativity. It was this, um, that the comparison that I made is that in a lot of scripted TV, it's about people in very challenging circumstances acting exceptionally to overcome those circumstances, whereas Bravo is about, not Bravo, reality is about rigging really negative, challenging circumstances to see people at their worst. Let's put a 
lot of imbalanced young people in a house, give them a lot of booze, and make them fight with each other. And there's never any real redemption or overcoming of the situation. And I think we're addicted to it as a culture. I think it's coming out of... I think Howard Stern is part of it, but I think radical right-wing talk radio was there before he was. He was almost like a kind of a more centrist, apolitical response to the things that were being said politically well, was, on right-wing radio. He was radio. sort of the, the host of the shock jock. I don't really yeah. think Howard Stern is responsible. I think he's actually more of a product of our own. I think it's sort of like he's the he is the DJ that w- that we deserve. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's what we ask for. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, I just you've had it, enough of Chris. Brown. I've had enough of Chris Brown. That's really I've had enough of. So him, but it, Justin Simpson suggests that we put him on the not list permanently. I, we may well, we may well, because that's what it's about. It is about if we're not gonna incentivize negative behavior in celebrities, we literally have to just look away, railing about it, like I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. and have been doing for ten minutes the, on my Krispy Kreme. It's high. the Sarah Palin model, yeah. right? If the, Sarah Palin would have been nothing if everybody hadn't talked about but her the constantly. Thing for that gives me hope years. is the sudden overness of Sarah and Palin. She I was mean, gone. it's over. Isn't it wonderful? It's over. I for never her. hear from her at all. It's, it's great. Over, over, <laughs> over. All right. Well, do you have anything you want to talk about during the hors d'oeuvre section? Well, or did I, I dominate? We don't have any more time for that. Okay. So um, apparently not. We do. We have a word from a new sponsor. This is going to be a little controversial. I think it involves young people. Oh. Let's see. Sweetheart, aren't you enjoying yourself? You used to love taking a walk through the park in the afternoon. I know, dear. It just, it feels like something's missing this time. Something like a baby? Now, honey, I thought we agreed. I don't want to... Oh, no, no, no. Me neither. I don't want children. Our sex life will go down the tubes and then we'll have to say goodbye to weekends in Vegas with our friends. No, no. Look over there. See? I don't remember that stand from last week. It's new. Are those babies? Uh Uh-huh. Do you long for the companionship of an adorable little tyke, but you just can't stand the thought of one spitting up all over your carpet? Well, now there's a solution for folks who want all the fun of a little bundle of joy, but without the messy obligations. Oh, honey, aren't they adorable? Yeah, um, whose are they? One of them can be yours for the next 20 to 45 minutes while you stroll around this park. That's the joy of rent a baby? That's really your name? You rent people babies? Honey, don't be so hostile. We don't just rent you a baby. We give it to you for that ideal window of time in which their ear-piercing colicky screams seem perfectly charming and adorable. And then what happens? You give it back. What if it's a crazy person who doesn't want to give the baby back? These security bracelets attached to both of the baby's wrists will disable the baby if it's taken more than 50 yards from the park's entrance. Disable the baby? What does that even mean? And if that fails, trained snipers have been stationed at strategic locations around the park's perimeter. You're going to shoot at someone holding a baby? Oh, honey, will you relax? It's just a baby. Just a baby? Are you crazy? I'll take a black one, please. Well, that's refreshing. This is insane. Shut up and start walking. We've only got 20 minutes with this thing. Rent-a-baby. Liven up your boring old stroll through the park with a giggly little goose and a very uncomfortable debate about the sanctity of human life.
The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Soup's on. And now it's time for astrological advice from Twan, Queen of the Stars. Hi, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Oh, Libra, maybe it's time to stop calling it balance and admit it's just good old-fashioned control issues. This week, the stars will have you so turned around you won't know if you're coming or going. The new moon in Pisces will bring on a kind of cosmic closure. We'll be feeling a sense of peace and resolution at the end of a period of conflict and upheaval. I bet your ears are burning, Virgo. Everybody knows what you did. You just thought you got away with it. But don't think this new moon is going to settle your heavenly hash. Mars is moving into Aries, and we will all be feeling bolder. You may find yourself rushing to be first, taking a few risks in your real and personal life. Tell that special someone how you really feel. Take that bungee jump you've been too timid to take and too intrigued to ignore. Watch your head and the speed limit, or you could find yourself with more than a ticket. And Ms. Virgo, you should watch your back. You've got plenty of experience with sneaking up behind people with something sharp, so don't be surprised to find a couple of dozen daggers in your back by the Ides of March at week's end, just like Caesar, and I don't mean the porn star, so don't get your hopes up. For the rest of us, we should monitor our adrenaline intake, enjoy the rush, and avoid that brick wall. Unlike Virgo, who knows perfectly good and well what he did to drop that iceberg right in his own path, the rest of us can slip out of our mercurial retrograde on the 17th without having to worry about the past catching up with us. Remember, things in the rear view may be larger than they appear, Virgo. Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Soup, brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother. I will have you know that I am writing a play about all of you. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show with Eric Shaw Quinn, the temperamental, who hopes that all of you appreciate that song choice, which was like, are you kidding? My what favorite, is though, is Christopher explaining the show to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm your co-host, Christopher. I've actually been here as long as you have. I'm actually explaining the show to our guests, Barrett Foa and Shoshana Bean, who Hello. are in the... Um, yay! yay, children! Oh, our favorite. Welcome, you guys. <laughs> Have you been served? Indeed. We've been yes. served. Everyone has been served. Have excellent. you been over-served? Perhaps. Oh, excellent. Time will tell. Excellent. That makes for great conversation. <laughs> That's how a dinner party works, right? Indeed. You get the guests all liquored up, and then you ask them the really difficult questions. Absolutely. We had some, when we posted that you two were coming on the show, we had someone comment on Facebook, oh, so you guys are theater queens, about the two of us. And it was like, okay, sorry. maybe a I'm little. Sorry. We bring a bad rap with no. us, apparently. The no. Th- the thing that's mystifying about that is that that was the point at which they thought that was <laughs> yeah, the case. Right. Like, what had we done to conceal that fact from people prior <laughs> to asking Barrett and Shoshana to we be on the show? We did a lot of theater. We did community theater, which is obviously equivalent to all of yes. your Broadway credits. It's we, our summer stock, you know. What's your, okay, we'll be so, asking your credits soon. <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of want to know, like a Harold Hill? Ooh. No, I was, my big moment was, I, we're talking about me when the guests are on. Um, 
Uh, my big moment was Pippin. I was yeah. Pippin in oh. Pippin at the New Orleans Recreation Department Theater, and it involved the appearance on several local morning shows. <laughs> that works. Sure. I Did love see that it. venue. Did you appear Absolutely. on the monkey bars? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? You said it was the Recreation <laughs> Department. <laughs> <laughs> How do you the, the, doing no. hand over Everyone hand on the monkey bars? So you, right? Right? Yeah, it was the aquatic. Uh, we were in the pool. Oh it was the aquatic God. production. Oh, that's better. The aquatic Pippin. It, it was a tiny little stage with a cast of sixty children mm-hmm. who didn't have anything to do that summer. That's great. So it started with magic to do and then 60 kids ran out in various minstrel and clown costumes. I love like, that. When there's crazy. Day, everybody who didn't get cast gets a costume Absolutely. and comes on stage. Did you have I to pay for it? Totally. No, you had to pay to play? Like one no. of those things? No, no, it wasn't. It was like a city-funded summer program. Aww. Anyway, how did oh. you two start in theater? Bear, you take this one. How did we start in theater? <laughs> uh, I went to a, a summer camp um, from 4th to 7th grade. It was all boys, all sports. Oh, Eight-week no. sleepaway nightmare. Where the hell was this? <laughs> it was sounds kind of like you abducted a by terrorists. <laughs> My God, it was an upstate. It was an upstate uh, New York, and it was uh, all sports. And it was no, it was called Brant Lake. They and all that well, way all in the, New York. All the I kids, gave New York, more credit than that. all the kids. Up, all the kids, upstate, Eric. Upstate, it's oh, different. Doesn't count. All the kids from my. School, my school, which is this place called Dalton in, in New York oh, City. yes, yes. Uh, we, they all went there. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll go there too. Oh, right. so you at least knew the other kids. Right. Thank but then God. they, they ex- immediately started hating me once they saw me like throw a baseball. No. Um, they're like, you can't play, you suck. So, uh, so I was, I, I kind of muddled through for four, four summers, but then, oh my and God, then so you finally, back? yeah, four, four summers. summers. I don't know why. I don't like know why. Like, didn't, I didn't get like I didn't Last get one pick. <laughs> <laughs> I would have hitchhiked home after two I was, weeks. I was four like, summers. I was like, oh I'm God. good at water skiing. So I'm good at water skiing. <laughs> it was like any individual sport I could get my hands on. I'm like that one. I'll do that one. Not being on a team. Hang gliding. Right. Um, tennis. <laughs> and then yes, but I was even bad at that. Oh, so yeah. um, so it was waterfront or arts and crafts for me and uh, eventually I kind of got wise and was like what about theater camp actually my mom was like what about theater <laughs> camp for you right so then I started going to uh, I went to a, this place called French Woods Festival of the Performing <laughs> Arts no wait you, you didn't let me finish the, the oh name of this, this this camp it's called French Woods Festival of the Performing Arts French Woods <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> the French uh, There wasn't like an acronym or they didn't I, call You know how mm, theater people shorten everything I, like it's charity because sweet charity is so long <laughs> and hard to say. Charity. I can't possibly have the time to say sweet charity. Absolutely. My time is precious. <laughs> um, so, we, so yeah, I, you know, I was a mean Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls that oh, summer. Okay. Uh, my mom thought I was very sexy. Barrett, you're well, very, very sexy. That's it's like that's sounds. weird. I'm in eighth grade. Um, not that it would be weird, whatever age I was in. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, How then, eventually, say that then eventually, then eventually, she's odd. very diplomatic. She's very. She doesn't. You know. You know. You know. Linda. Uh, Linda. She's a straight shooter. Does she she's sound like? Shooter. She sounds like that. She talks. She's, name is, she's from Queens. Her yeah. name is oh, Linda. Yeah. But but it's Linzer. You know, there's yeah. like a night of a silent awe at the end. Yeah. Linda. Linda. Foa. And um. She dresses. She dresses a little bit. You know, she's kind of head to toe. This head evening, exactly. Yes. But like, you can see on our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's from head- the Cruella Deville line. <laughs> oh, wow. I am wearing Dalmatian. All, all to black toe. and white yeah. with a Dalmatian coat <laughs> and some divine steel-toed shoes. Although you say you think they're plastic and not metal. Well, they're definitely some type of metal. They're they're not steel. They don't weigh like. <laughs> they don't. You could tell because you can, can lift still your pick feet. Up my feet right. Kick up I'm your heels. <laughs> 
took him right All right, Shoshana, how did you start in the in the world of theater? Um, I was about three when when I um, well, as legend has it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I say that because my parents is there a the stained same glass stories. window? <laughs> A stained glass window is part of the legend. Oh, yes. No, no, but there is a stage involved. <laughs> I see. In the legend. So I went to see my cousins uh, in their tap recital, and uh, apparently I rushed the stage and um, uh, took my own bow at the end that's of the performance. Really, that's really, I love story. that about you. That's Thank you. perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so that's really all in... you need to know. <laughs> that's it. Get out of my way. Exactly. Put me in class. Um, it started with dancing, and then there was a community theater program. Uh, I lived in Olympia, Washington, which is the capital of oh. Washington, so the program was aptly named The Capital Kids. Um, ah. So Capital Kids was my first foray. Okay. Yeah. What'd you play? Well, Shoshana. It was like... Oh, I see. You it know, was like a, a reviews. Review. Yeah. Yes, wow. vaudeville reviews and such. And yeah. I was the smallest, so they put me in this trunk at the top of the show. So when we would go to the mall or local schools to perform, I'd be sitting in this trunk for like 45 minutes, <laughs> top of show, because it had to be preset. <laughs> Wait a minute. Boy, you bought that one. That's like, yeah, the dog is at a, at a farm. We sent the dog to a farm. They just put you in the trunk to keep you Probably. quiet Probably. She's for like, a few she's minutes. the mouthiest, yeah. most obnoxious. Put her in the trunk. Trunk. Yeah, tell her she's it's part the, of the show. She's got the trunk track. I was trunk track. Hysterical. Wait, did they poke holes in it? <laughs> um, I think there were holes in the back, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was a way to breathe. But I kept, like, lifting it and peeking at the audience, you know, super professional. But. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break for a word from one of our sponsors, and then we will be back with Barrett Foa and Shoshana Bean here at the Dinner Party Show. Hooray. Hi, I'm attorney Bill Floggins, and I'm running for state representative in your district. Are you tired of hearing career politicians talk about your children? I know I sure am. That's why if I'm elected, I'll work to pass legislation that prevents political campaigns from mentioning your children in their ads. Because after all, who the hell are your children anyway? I don't know you. Your kids might be little snot bags with a violent streak. And maybe I'm in favor of policies that will keep them from running free through the streets like wild hedgehogs. Who knows? Maybe they're psychopaths and they don't really need an education. It might just make them more dangerous. I mean, yeah, there's the whole manipulative angle, like we have to do this for the children and that for the children and what about the children and blah, blah, blah. But come on now, I mean, let's talk straight. Children aren't that innocent. For Christ's sake, my son Danny was like a feral cat up until he was 10 years old. My wife didn't even want to go to sleep on the sofa near him because she was afraid he'd eat her face off if he thought she had died. And these are the children politicians keep talking about, folks. And I don't know about you, but I've had enough. So vote for me, Bill Floggins, for state representative. Let's put the kids to bed already. Paid for by the good folks at Happy Cream Donuts and the committee to get people to stop talking about your children. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shawquin and Barrett Foa and, her, and his best friend, Shoshana Bean. Barrett, Some friend I am. Barrett, the elephant in the room is NCISLA, which you're on. Is that what that is? <laughs> I know I smelled something. Well, we this is we this were is, safe to do the, so this Church of Semtex. If they're not coming after you on NCISLA, they're certainly right. not coming Absolutely. after us. Absolutely. We did a little bit earlier in the show that may get us some whatevers, but NCIS is taking over the television. may come out. <laughs> I think Barrett was probably drinking and not listening to that well, sketch. I think that's what we're yeah. dealing with. Um, every show on TV in about a year is going to be NCIS, right? It's just going to be a new version like yes, NCIS we, West Covina. Oh my gosh. NCIS. That's actually, they're, they're, pitching that, they're pitching that now. <laughs> 
Valley Village. Valley yes. Village. <laughs> um, uh, yes. NCIS. NCIS is NCIS the original mothership one is the it's it, it's the number one television series ever right now isn't that crazy yeah which is it's like got I, I, yeah. I, I'm still like wait what I thought it was Gossip Girl <laughs> exactly it's like <laughs> they have like one million yeah, no, the star is like out earning Justin Bieber or something he's like the highest paid actor on television or something Mark Harmon Mark is, Harmon really yeah. Like it is really this huge hit. I've never been a big fan. The, and I started with NCIS LA. Really? I, I love just that. I love it. The the I, the attitude is different. The atmosphere is different. It's much lighter. There's much more humor mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. Linda is just a dream. Mm-hmm. Oscar winner Linda Hunt. She, she <laughs> creates that perfect sort of pivot as as playing that wonderful sort of. She's like the character from The Incredibles, you know, to, doing and, uh, costuming. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. I love is they do this. She's like. What three feet tall or whatever? She's tiny. Four foot and nine. They do this is whole really? thing. Is she as tall as that? I wouldn't even have guessed that tall. Anyway, they the off camera, um, the the legend of her off camera, like she'll throw LL Cool J across the room <laughs> just off camera, and then we come back and she's like dusting her hands <laughs> off and he's lying in a heap on the floor or whatever. She's always doing these amazing things while balancing a china cup of tea and having the perfect stinger line mm. for whoever has had the temerity to answer her back. Mm-hmm. That's such a good description of her that character. Is. So now brilliant. describe what Barrett's character does. Oh, now, yes. as eloquently. Yes, yeah, eloquently. Barrett is like uber squint. He's like this combination of beach boy and... Um, Tech and, operator and, Eric Beale is his character. Right, name. he's the, he's the, this total e. genius at, the, um, at the, the internet and the computers and all of the... He can always is bringing up all of this magic information like they all he's sort of the nerve center like the whole show they go out and tour the world and they come back to Barrett to yeah. Eric yeah, um, his character to sort of tell them the next thing that they need to do so it all sort of he's sort of like the fulcrum on which the show turns right. I, I love that this is fan appreciation <laughs> day on the dinner party I love, this, I love this show I just watched Clearly. it because I thought Chris O'Donnell is cute that's really the only reason I tuned in to begin with because I'd watched NCIS and thought kind of heavy and I don't really get her you know like that was sort of my response to the first show I didn't dislike it it just wasn't my favorite show so I tuned in and for for Chris initially re- found Linda was there which was like oh god bonus and you and then off we went and then they added Eric there's Ugh, been no dreamy. mention oh, of LL Cool J Eric which Shaw is awkward loves yeah. Eric also. You, so, Barrett you, have you been on the show from the beginning I have been on the show from, from the very very beginning pilots um, wow we had these two backdoor pilots in NCIS and then we spun off into our own show with Chris O'Donnell LL Cool J and Linda Hunt and it was we're we're kind of uh, I was one of the, the like four original cast members, and then they've kind of added people and subtracted people. But um, it's great to be there, and it's it's the show is fun because it's it's that procedural crime drama that you kind of all know and love, and like right, CBS right, audiences right. want. Mm-hmm. But, but then also it's like this kind of workplace comedy. Yeah, like at mm-hmm. the same time, so we're like out mm-hmm. you know shooting the baddies and you know defeating terrorism, and I'm you know. Typing on a computer and bringing up every camera in the entire world. With, so everybody else is going on location shoots, and you have to really work in like one set. Is that is that uh, a challenge yeah, for I've you? Got it, you mm. You've been kidnapped. You've gone out I into have, the there, field. There's now, been a there's few been times when they, they out there on the world. They uh, they let the monkey out of the cage, but then they okay. promptly put him back in. Yeah. Um, the best was the elf costume. Oh, you were you haven't seen the elf costume episodes. He has a love interest on the show. Mm. I think they haven't declared anything officially, but we suspect those of us who watch and it's an every elf? week. Yes. And no, and he dressed up she, like an elf. 
to make her feel comfortable. She rooked him into wearing an elf costume. Actually, actually, she she was wearing the elf costume, and she wanted me to 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 come along with her and like put on these tights. Anyway, that's great. I show up on first dates in an elf costume, and I have like an extra one for the other person to see if they're the one. It's common. Yeah, Yeah. it's a common thing. Absolutely, it's a big Uh, LA thing. It's a LA thing. N C I S L A elf. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So she, she, uh, no, but she, 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 she gets me under the mistletoe, and and there's like the first uh-huh. kiss on the show. We've been on four seasons, and the first kiss on the show was Eric and Nell. Finally. So yeah. it was hot. It we was were, hot, we steamy. Were talking about this with some other guests, and you both can chime in on this. There, there's a lot of crossover of late between theater and TV, mm-hmm. and you know this is similar to what was happening with suddenly everyone on TV was a British highly it's trained actor. Now suddenly act. everyone on TV is is a theater actor or a Broadway veteran. It feels like. Like, like I, I said to some people, I said, would we have had Glee be the phenomenon it was if Ryan Murphy hadn't seen Spring Awakening on Broadway, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Whereas before there, before then, there seemed to be more distance between TV and Broadway. Oh, Do you think that's distance. getting shorter? Well, I think with the in, in the invention, the the kind of um, popularity of shows like Once, Spring Awakening, American Idiot, there's a little, it's more of like a... A play with music mm-hmm. uh, that happens to be a musical. It's like it's, there's an intimacy and like a cool factor instead of like mm-hmm. I'm Saigon. a brass band. I'm a, you know it's like <laughs> oh, you know not, charity. Just right. bring back charity or Saigon. <laughs> you know we were coming out of the operatic all recitative era. Right, right, and it's yeah. it, it, it's it's, the, it's a little um, overdone. Whereas yeah. this is like I see. It's Duncan Sheik has written the music. <laughs> you know, it's cooler, and so. And so it can kind of be that kind of crossover world. But I think that, that also part of the crossover is that theater actors actually have some some dealings with acting. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. You I'm should, sorry, but there has been help. a long tradition in film and television of people mumbling and scratching themselves. And, like, there's a whole school of comedy out there that I just despise where they don't even seem to write a script. They just make shit up and film it and then edit it together. And mm. if you're stoned enough, it's really funny. But yeah. otherwise, you know... And kind I of think, like us on YouTube. And as a result... <laughs> Television, which has to, you know, which has a really insatiable beast to feed every week. That's mm-hmm. a very hungry beast, and they need people who can come in and show up and hit the marks and yeah. do the show. And that, and that requires actually acting. You can't feel all of this all the time. It would be nice, but it's not really possible. Right. And, and that's why it's a skill. It's Laura an actual Benanti, job. Laura Benanti, who was a guest on the show, she said it also requires people who show up, and that theater people have a really disciplined work ethic. I don't yeah. know from the inside because that's something I've not uh, d- dipped my toe into. But I do think I do know for certain that there is a level of commitment and and a work ethic and an endurance that is is absolutely essential for being in the theater. And I think that anyone would be lucky to work with someone who's been in the theater because you know that they're going to have a standard of work that that not everyone has, especially if you haven't had that discipline. So, yeah, I mean, if that plays into it at all, I would imagine it's like that stereotypical joke about movie actors who do a terrible job and go, "Okay, we'll fix it in post. Right. You know, and it's like, no, you did a terrible job. We can't fix it. in post. You'll still suck. in Theater, you don't have that option. Shoshana, do you find that in the music world that like people who come from theater there's a different kind of kind of discipline like that oh, you have wow. a kind of discipline uh, yeah. from I think it, I see it because the, I don't work with a lot of people from theater in music but right. I see the difference between myself and others I, when you say we're starting at 3 o'clock I'm there at 10 to 3 you know right, and most right. people 3 o'clock means 3.30 well that doesn't fly in theater it's no. just no. not an option so I do see a huge difference in work ethic in in timeliness in, in business affairs all of it I think there's just um Across the board, I think it comes from whether it's dance or theater or music. Uh, 
any any sort of but yeah I, I always give our, our community like major major props for for their yeah I, I really think that it in school it's one of the things I, I, I credit it with most of what I've done in the rest of my life is having theater training that yeah. sense of like if nothing else if we're doing Tennessee Williams today when I come in tomorrow we're still going to be doing that whether mm-hmm. I still want to or not right. you commit making you're a commit, sick or right, not <laughs> whether I'm sick or not or whether I feel like it or not or today no that's what we're going to do I don't argue yeah. with the director as you say mm-hmm. I always come 15 minutes early I stay 20 minutes late mm-hmm. I'm on I'm off book and before right. I'm supposed and to be you're off open book. to collaboration right. with other people and like this is right. that's what you've And I'm not arguing here. with right. people right. who are yeah. in a position to tell me what to do because I can't see what the whole stage looks like it's just a great training mm-hmm. I think for kids to get a of even if oh, they don't always. pursue theater, of going out into the world and getting anything done. I always right. say Love that. It. I'm such Absolutely. an advocate for keeping the arts in schools and, and having programs yeah. like that. And that's always what I say. Whether they go into this or not is irrelevant. Yeah. It's the skills you're in getting. Fact, and it's I the same hope thing. They like... won't. It's really a hard life. <laughs> well. But yeah. <laughs> if you can be happy doing anything else, isn't that do, what they say? Always, do whatever. And I never liked that when adults would say yeah. that, but now that I get it. Yeah. But there's also something else like the, 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 capa- the ability to show up eight times a week and deliver, regardless of how you feel, right. regardless of what your physical state is. You know, not many people can do that. There are artists on the road now who are like, I don't know how I can do however many shows, concert tours, or, you know, like it just, we didn't really have that option. Yeah. It's eight shows a week. That's your job. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you don't want to do it, it there's a hundred other people who would love Absolutely. to have this. With no backing tracks and no auto tune, and, and they're correct. ready. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, yeah. we have a live report from one of our special correspondents, Ms. Jonelle Sams, is back with her homemade oh, relationship advice. Always and a then pearl, that Jonelle. We will be back in the studio with Barrett Foa of NCIS LA and Shoshana Bean, who will talk about her new album. And later in the show, we'll be playing a track from that new album Ooh. and talking about it. But for now, here's Jonelle Sams. It's time once again for the Dinner Party Show's Homemade Relationship Advice with Jonelle Sams. Hi, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me care of the Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page or at Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. We've all heard the expression, every pot has a lid. But have you ever noticed how hard it is to find the right lid to go with the pot you're trying to use? If you've never had the experience of searching for a lid, it may be that you're just willing to use whatever lid comes to hand rather than finding the one that actually fits. As with most stupid expressions about meeting someone, I find that they were likely made up by people who've had to spend blessed little time in the kitchen trying to get dinner on the table and way more time offering advice no one asked them for. I, on the other hand, spent quite a bit of time finding the perfect husband for me. Merle and I are coming up on our 23rd anniversary the first of next month, and I try to offer advice only when I'm asked. Case in point, this week's listener writes, Dear Jonelle, I have been single for so long that I've lost hope. I've met and been interested in a number of available single men over the years, but none of them have ever looked at me with the eyes of love, let alone lust. As the years pass and the field narrows, I feel more and more invisible. Eligible men my own age seem only to see women much younger than themselves, and younger men are more interested in women their own age. I have been told all my life that love will find you when you stop looking for it. Perhaps that is my best hope. As I quit looking so long ago, I can't even remember the last time I was interested. Signed, Snowball in Hell. Well, Snowball... I know that expression too. I have heard it applied to many things and always by people who are not having to do without whatever it is they are talking about at the moment. It will come to you when you stop looking for it, they say. 
All I can say is, who the hell would want it then? I quit looking for stuff when I don't want it anymore. What use would it be to me once I no longer care? I suppose that could explain why most of the letters I get are from people who are married, apparently, to someone they weren't looking for or interested in, if that little tidbit is to be believed. It has been my experience that I am more likely to find stuff that I'm actually looking for. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes find things I'm looking for while I'm doing something else. The other day, I could not find the formaldehyde I needed for one of my taxidermy projects. I looked and looked, but it was nowhere it was supposed to be. Finally, I had to get on with my day. I went to get dinner ready, and when I went to get the clabber girl out of the pantry for the cornbread, well, what do you know? There was my formaldehyde. It's kind of how I met my husband Merle, too. I was not what you might call one of the popular girls in school, and my 20th had come and long gone without so much as a show of interest from the opposite sex. I kept hoping, but just like with the cornbread the other night, I got on with my life. I cultivated other interests of mine, including a plot of strawberries on my father's place where I was living at the time. When the harvest came in, I had a bumper crop, and I decided to learn to make strawberry preserves. That is why I was in the hardware store talking to my husband's best friend in the whole world, Olson Lee Pugh, about cannon supplies when my future husband, Merle, came by to take Olson out to lunch. Merle hardly even noticed me standing there. I think that's why he ran into me and I dropped that case of mason jars on his instep. Well, that got his attention. One thing led to another and I have been massaging that foot on cold nights all these years. When Olson isn't taking a turn. Merle is a barber on his feet all day, and that old injury still gives him fits all these years. I'm still saying I'm sorry. Merle always says that the pain just reminds him of me. Isn't that sweet? Still, I do my best when that old foot's acting up, but I'm telling you that Olson's hands must be magic. It would be inappropriate for me to accept a massage from a single man should Olson ever offer, so I don't know from personal experience. But the difference in Merle before and after Olsen gets his hands on him never ceases to amaze me. Anyhow, the point I'm trying to get to is, if you haven't found someone yet, it may just be that you haven't dropped your mason jars on the right foot. Every week on Homemade Relationship Advice, I describe new ways that Merle has turned out to be the perfect husband. Just the right lid for this whole pot. But when I met him, I was at the hardware store pursuing something that interested me. And just like so often happens when I'm out shopping for one thing, my eye falls on something I didn't know I was looking for in the first place. But when I see it, my heart knows that it's something that I have to have. So I guess the best advice I have on meeting someone is to find your own way in the world. If you're following your own heart, you're more like to meet someone who's on the same path as you. And just like Merle and I were both there to see Olson that day, you'll already have more in common than you know. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Even if I hadn't met Merle, I'd still have had a case of strawberry preserves. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The dish is served. And now it's time for another installment of a special series here on the Dinner Party Show. We call it World's Worst Pitch Meeting. 
in order to defend their personal legacies against the awful films Hollywood puts out every year, some of the top producers in town have lent us exclusive audio recordings of some of the worst pitch meetings they've ever held so that we can learn about the truly terrible movies they didn't make. This exclusive clip comes to us from a producer at Kid Fun Films, producers of the much maligned comedy flop Teenage Prostitute. Hi, Claire. Come on in. Hi, Uncle Phil. Oh, my God. I love your office. It's so carpety. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, you've really grown up, I've got to say. Thanks. Okay, so I think you know I ran into your dad at the Wiltshire Country Club the other day, and he said college wasn't really working out for you, so you wanted to try your hand at the movies. Yeah, basically. I mean, it looks kind of easy. Okay, well, as I think you know, here at Kid Fun Films, we try to do stuff that's targeted at a younger demographic, and... You being 18, I thought, okay, why not listen to her rattle off some pitches? Uh, well, I've only got one, but it's good, so I don't think you'll need to hear any others. I see. Uh, okay, then, all right, let's hear it. My Sweet 16. Okay, uh, I'm listening. No, that that's it. That's the movie. It's going to be about my Sweet 16 party. Oh. Okay, well... What happened at your Sweet 16 party, Claire? Oh, it was fine. There was, like, a DJ, and we rented out a ballroom at the Century Plaza Hotel. Uh -huh. And, like, all the other kids from my class came, and there was lots of music. And the DJ played Brown Eyed Girl. Hey, that could be, like, the song from the movie, Brown Eyed Girl. It could be, sure. Uh, listen, Claire, what you're describing is more of a setup for a movie rather than an actual story. What else happened at your Sweet 16? Any conflict of any kind we could explore? Because drama is essentially about conflict. Yeah, I'm not a conflicting person. I like to get along with people. Uh, so what else happened at your Sweet 16, Claire, uh, other than Brown Eyed Girl? Well, I was into this guy, Jake Parker, uh -huh. but he wasn't really into me. But uh. in the movie version, he could be, and our love could teach people things. That's a start. Yeah, although he, like, kind of turned out to be weird in college, so I'm not oh. sure I want to go in that direction. Okay, well, it is a movie, Claire, so we're free to make things up. Uh, the DJ was really hot. Maybe I could be into him. Okay, how, how old was the DJ? Oh, 40-ish, I think. And your character 16? That's a little dicey. Wasn't it your last movie about a teenage prostitute? Actually, she was an adult prostitute who went undercover as a high school student to get new clients. But apparently that was lost on most of the critics. Anyway, Claire, let's uh, dig a little deeper here, okay? Let's talk about where you were emotionally when you started planning the Sweet 16. Let's talk about the person you were, the person you wanted to be, because those are the aspects of character that help us to develop stories about how people change and grow. Like that movie about the teenage prostitute you made? Did she grow? Claire, let's focus. Uh, why was it so important for you to have a Sweet 16? Well, there was this girl in my class, Hilary Wasserstein, and when she turned 13, she had this really awesome party where her dad rented out the rooftop oh. of this really fun hotel. Oh, uh -huh. And there were, like, games and prizes and stuff, so I asked my parents why she had such an amazing party, and they were like, she's Jewish, right. and it's called a bat mitzvah. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, can I be Jewish and have a bat mitzvah? Uh. And they were all like, no. So I was like, well, then you all need to throw me a really awesome party at some point. And they were like, we will when you turn 16. So here we go. The arc of the story begins to assemble itself here. We have a rivalry between you and this this girl, this Hillary. Right. 
And uh, we have a desire for acceptance on your part, a desire that takes the form of this all-important party you want your parents to throw for you. Uh, uh-huh. okay. Now, we just need to add that extra ingredient. Some uh. folks like to call it the oppositional force, the mm. thing that your main character will have to overcome. Vampires? Maybe a little too far. Uh, Hillary Wasserstein? Close, closer. Let's let's keep thinking along those lines. Uh, I got it. I got oh, it. Okay. okay. I, I got it. Okay. Great. Let's hear it. So Hillary Wasserstein decides to have another bat mitzvah party on the same uh, night as my sweet sixteen. Well, two bat mitzvahs. Okay. Uh, or just another big party to conflict with yours, which makes your character very angry. Yeah. And then I'm so angry that my friends and I we all get. Guns. Ooh, and guns. Start, it's not a good time for that the guns, right and, and we storm Hillary Wasserstein's second bat mitzvah party, uh, and we round oh, up everyone, no, and we I, march them outside towards this big train oh, that's waiting for them, oh and God. we don't tell them uh, where oh, they're going, Okay, they're oh, all Okay, scared. clear. Let, let, that's enough. Let's let's stop right there. Oh, my God. Is it still the gun thing? Can't we move past that in our culture? It's a lot of things. Listen, Claire, this, this idea of yours... It needs some more time in the oven. Why Why don't you go off and tinker with it, and then maybe you can come back here in a few months and we can talk about it again once you've got a fresh approach. But I can't use guns? Or a large group of Jewish people being marched onto a train against their will. That That's kind of out, too. Uh, well, what's left? You're a very bright young lady. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Are zombies and aliens out, too? Well, if you can find a way to work the man, I'm open to hearing it. All right. Well, thanks, Uncle Phil. Maybe making movies isn't as easy as it looks. Well, like all career paths, it comes with its own set of challenges. Yeah, I guess that's why you always need to buy weed from my dad. Goodbye, Claire. Good seeing you. Tell your dad I said hi. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I tell my dad everything. Shit. Yeah, Diane, catch Claire before she leaves and put something on the books with her for next week. And if she's making a cell phone call, just rip the phone out of her hands or something. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, brought to you by your mother, Mistress of Guilt. <sighs> That's okay. Go ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere? I haven't been anyplace nice in years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Chuckwin. Let's say our names about ten more times. Hi, I'm Eric Chuckwin. I'm Christopher Rice. Would you guys like to say your names? Shoshana Bean. Barrett Foa. And In Eric Chuckwin. chairs, Christopher Rice. <laughs> Shoshana Bean. Barrett so, Foa. We'll just keep saying it if there's dead air. There won't be dead air because we'll just Not say our names. That's right. Us. Absolutely. <laughs> Barrett, we have a lot of questions for you about this little show that you do called NCISLA. And we have... Uh, Love that show. Um, we, I'm sorry? Enkisla. Enkisla. That's the German title? Enkisla. Yeah. Da. 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 So, we, we don't have the time. It's the same thing. We don't have the time to say sweet charity. charity. Right. So you, say, <laughs> na, you don't want to say Naval Criminal Investigative Service Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Enkisla. I really don't want to say that. <laughs> I could never remember that on a consistent basis. Well. <laughs> Barrett Enkisla is here in the studio enjoying a hot toddy made for him by our manservant, Shea Butters, who we'll talk about later. Um, you get asked a lot if you are a tech guy, but, you know, you're not really, right? You're well, an actor. Here's the deal. I'm an actor, yeah. and I have a phone that has <laughs> internet capabilities. I play one on TV. <laughs> and I have a computer, too. Right. Also an, I- an-, an iPad. Right. <clears throat> Those are the techie things I have in my life, and 
Eric Beal has, you know, some more, more to, to <laughs> like more satellites, to, you know, satellites and, you know, every traffic ATM right. What's that thing that he's always camera. using to find people? Kaleidoscope. kaleidoscope. Oh that's God, it. Love it. You're such oh a man. Oh, my God. Yes, that's um, it. No, kaleidoscope. It's like literally, literally I can... This is it's a real thing that I can It is? Yes, if but I can you be like you can't have it at home. <laughs> I have a kaleidoscope at my house. You can have it if you're the NSA. It's have kaleidoscope. Um, no, seriously it's like you could be like uh the <laughs> Shoshana <laughs> has passed out. Shoshana has had one too many hot toddies. She just hit her pop filter. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but I could put out like a bowl. Yay! Thank you, Thank you kids. Thank you, kids. We better talk about Shoshana soon. Anyway, so kaleidoscope is the you, thing. Just that you basically use. like green car, Ford Escort, and with this license with plate. this license plate, and, and it'll oh. go to all the traffic cameras in the whole. And world. I know exactly where you are. It's ridiculous. So but, it is. So it is a traffic camera version of that thing from The Dark Knight, where it uses cell phone cameras to sort of quilt the no. Everyone shake. Yeah. I, I, I should watch the show. Is yeah. what you guys are saying. <laughs> I, I totally recommend it. But like, yeah. they would be lost without Eric Beal. Like, it's they true. would not be able to find anybody. They all know how to shoot their guns, and Eric knows how to do everything. Else. <laughs> right. And that, but and that's what kind of they, I think makes the show fun because. I don't know how to shoot a gun. And no. then if you put a gun in my hand, I'll be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, they don't know how to, like, type things into computers and run kaleidoscope. So it's like we all have our— Everybody plays a part. Everyone <laughs> plays a part. And you, you you have, like, the, you know, the kind of alpha male, you know, um, Elo Cool J and Chris O'Donnell, and they're great. And then you have, like, the nerds. And then you have, like, the Linda Hunts. And I want to ask fun. a question. What do you call LL Cool J in real life? Do you call him— <laughs> LL I know, or I know, Jay I know, I know. Miss Bean. I know. Miss Bean. Do you, Todd. Like to... His name is Todd. That's right. Is that true? Yes, Todd. Todd, Todd Smith, right? Todd Smith. His name yeah. is James Todd Smith. It's James. L. It's Ladies Love Cool James Todd Smith. Right. Is his right. full name? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he likes to go by Todd, so we call yeah. him Todd. My real name is actually Olympic Divers Love Christopher. <laughs> yeah. It is. I changed it from Olympic Gymnast Love Christopher. O-L-C-R-O-D. What would yours be? Who loves Barrett <laughs> Everyone who watches Nixle. Everybody loves, yes. Everybody loves Everybody loves, loves Raymond Foe. and Barrett <laughs> So uh, transitioning from yes. Broadway to television. We talked about yes. it a little bit earlier, but Samiko Salson, one of our loyal listeners, wants to know what that was like adjustment-wise. Samiks. Um, <laughs> We're going to call her Samiks now. Samiks? Yes, Samiks. What up? Damn. Uh, so, uh, the, the, the transition, we were talking about it a little bit in the break, is, uh, let's see. Seamless, really, <laughs> if you must know. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. We're, we're, we're shooting a, a movie uh, in eight days. Wow. So, right. you know, in, in theater, you have two to four weeks of rehearsal, mm-hmm. and it's you and the stage manager and the... And the director and the playwright and you're in a room and you're collaborating and you're like, let's do this scene nine million more times mm-hmm. today. Right. And then we'll eventually get around to it again and do it again. And, and so you just like you just have it in your bones and and in your muscles. And, 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 and then and then once the run starts, you know, you're just doing it eight times a week and you're finding new things every single time. With TV, it's just we've got to bang this out. Yeah. We've got to make a new movie for you people and put it in your living rooms right. every week. So it's it's just a little faster and it's a little more time is money. And there's and we can have fun explosions and we can we can have you know a lot of uh, yeah that would be difficult to pull off in the theater. Well, oh, hey, 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 the exploding the helicopter from Miss Saigon. It's I just a, always bring it back to Miss Saigon. Saigon. Car blow up like crash into a wall. It's a very different skill set. It's it's interesting. It's like it's still acting, but it's just not the same acting at all. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of just like memorizing <laughs> lines, churning it out, and then 
literally like I have to purposely forget what I cannot retain any of that. Mm. Like from a scene I did that day, it's like if I if I if I memorize it and if it's in my head, that's just going right. to screw me up. I just have to make room for it. Whereas right. I can still quote lines from Avenue Q or Spelling Bee, you know, what or Godspell. L- what was the last big uh, Broadway show you did before you started doing I, uh, <laughs> Is that how we're saying it? I did a show called uh, – <laughs> I want to try to find the acronym for it, but it's too many. <laughs> it's called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh, yes, right. Um, well, the theater Broadway. people just call it Spelling Bee. Or, 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 actually, we just, call, we, call, we just call bee. it the B. Actually, yeah. we do. The B. No. The B. Go, yeah, yeah, so after, so and Q and B. So I did Avenue Q, uh-huh. and then when I was straight into Working your way through the, the alphabet. Exactly. You go, babe. <laughs> um, and, and then before that, Mamma Mia. Um, and then before that, well. Or just we, Mia. Or just Mia. They, or just the people on the inside. Mom. And then, Mom. But, Shosh- but Shoshana and I really got our, our break, our big start together. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. In a production of Godspell. Oh. I love that show. Off Broadway. I played Jesus. And That's she played. That's the big role, right? That's she played. Like well, she, yeah. took, she stole the show with her song, really. What was your song, Shoshana? Bless the Lord. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. Should, we should have that recording. No, no. No? <laughs> Look it up, people. We do have one of Shoshana's songs, which will be, we, excuse me, we will be playing later in the broadcast. Don't try this at home, kids. He's, we're professional. <laughs> right now, we're going to go to a break. A word from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Shoshana's latest album. Mm-hmm. I cannot live without you. He was a stunningly beautiful and all-powerful being of some sort. We don't want to be too clear. It might limit our market appeal, so you decide for yourself. You mean you'll die? Can you? Aren't you? Whatever. She was an ill-groomed, ill-tempered, and badly-dressed young woman with little or nothing on the ball from a family who made average people feel superior. Oh, Forky. My existence has no meaning without you. Look, Onward, I'm just not that into, you know, anything. Despite her petulance, her truly awful hair, and worse clothes, Onward could not resist her elusive charms. But theirs was a turbulent romance, if by turbulent you mean tepid and ambivalent. I love you, Forky. Really? I love you more. Alas, there was another more beautiful and more supernatural even than Otward, Jerkub was drawn to Forky with the animal magnetism of a Diane von Furstenberg faux leopard print. I love you more! I heard you the first time, yeah. In a listless and lifeless tale, filling a surprising number of books in which absolutely nothing ever happens. Their story, if by story you mean endless dribbling conversations concerned only with her limitless fascination with and discussion of what she wants. Tryheart is coming to the big screen. Tryheart promises to be an interminable series of pointless films designed to fill theaters with young women who desperately want to feel better about themselves, but not enough to comb their hair. I think you're perfect exactly as you are. It's damn. Never change. It would break my heart. Hold me. I'm hungry. Two supernatural men, so supernaturally beautiful that all the actually attractive young women in the film struggle for their attention. Oh, Oddward! Yoo-hoo, Jerkub! But for no reason that will ever even be hinted at or explained, these stunningly, suspiciously pretty, pretty men only have eyes 
for Forky. Forky! Stop yelling at me. Forky, say that you're mine. Your constant and inexplicable attention and affection is smothering me. You should run away so I can miss you and then come back so I can ignore you and maybe almost cheat on you, sort of. Okay. If you're a lazy, plain girl and it's always been your fantasy to be adored without making any effort whatsoever by men who are prettier than you are, have we got a movie for you. Try Heart. Coming to every goddamn theater near you that isn't showing a comic book movie about some lumpy young man who saves the world and winds up with an FHM hot girlfriend without even improving his diet, graduating from high school, or putting on a clean shirt. Try hard. Okay, maybe you won't love it, but what's your alternative? <laughs> Welcome back to the dinner party show where musical magic is already in progress. Oh my God, there were jazz hands the all break. over this place. Generous, We have peeled Shoshana Bean up off the floor after her pop filter accident <laughs> earlier in the show. And uh, we want to talk about your album, O'Farrell Street, your latest album. It's your second album, uh-huh. is that correct? Yes, sir. You brought us vinyl. Mm-hmm. You brought. We haven't seen vinyl in a long time, but apparently it's coming back. Indeed it is. And, and that was part of the reason why I printed it. But also, I mean, it was a relief to know that if I did print it, there would be some people interested. Some people still do own a record player. But more than anything, I just, uh, this album and the style of music is an homage to a certain era, the late 60s specifically. And um, it just, it feels right to, to, to print vinyl, to hear it on vinyl. Once I heard it on vinyl, I almost wished that I could have the luxury of being like, sorry, if you don't, it's only available on vinyl, no mm. digital, no CDs. Like, you know, it's just the right vibe it's the right feel for it talk about the feel and the vibe what is that Um, vibe wow it's the majority a majority of the songs are about you know love and sometimes um love going awry or ending uh and so the vibe is is pretty gritty and dark I, i like to say that it's still hopeful while being you know um, at that moment where you're sort of on the floor in a puddle of tears and the situation is over or seems hopeless there's still an element of hope i just mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of you know well how... the ending of everything is the beginning of everything else Ooh, i like right? that yeah. i like that it's in a book i wrote <laughs> Oh, I'll is pick it, it up. <laughs> it is that in is. Say Uncle? It's in Say Uncle. Say yeah. Uncle is available through our store, as is Shoshana's Shoshana's album, O'Farrell Street. Actually, both of them are available in our store. Oh, fabulous. And Thank if you. you buy them through our store, gentle listeners, you are supporting our affiliate programs and supporting the show and supporting Shoshana. And I'm understanding there was a big report on the news the other night that vinyl is on the increase yeah. because it actually is a better reproduction of the sound than digital. Digital accurately captures it, but the physicality of it mm. is not captured in the same way that vinyl does because that's actually about vibration. It's actually about oh, wow. the making of the music. So there's a an increase of interest and a, a, a resurgence of actual vinyl stores yeah. out there of people who are... You know, like, it's not the way to listen if you're jogging in the park. Right, Obviously, sure. vinyl isn't the imagine? way to go. No, no. no. Dragging that, that's your actually a new workout you. class. But, um, it's a backpack, no yeah. skip. Yeah. But, but, if you, but for people who really just want to get into listening to the music, there is actually a, a, a resurgence of interest in that's uh, vinyl reproduction. Yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that, that it was, because right. yeah. you, you hear that it's, you know, all technical and solid state and whatever, but, but actually vinyl gives a better sound reproduction than, than digital. 
digital does. I, I didn't know that. I don't know how you decide that. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to hear like did. Beyonce on vinyl, but I definitely don't want to hear, you know, I'd rather hear my Stevie Wonder collection and my Ray Charles. I'd rather hear that on vinyl. You know what I mean? It's just why certain... wouldn't you want to hear Beyonce? Is it because there's so many different so technical clean. aspects? That... I just think it's such a clean, and, shiny, the production of her music is so clean. Right, and then, and then she would have had to have taken the stereo down to the, the Capitol steps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Beyonce. In order to sing that song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here, wait. <laughs> Let me get my hairbrush. <laughs> oh, say, sorry. Anyway, um, so you're out here now, but you have mm-hmm. a lot of Broadway credits. Your name are, are, are you exploring the world of television? Is that something no. that interests? No, no, not at all. No. How refreshing. No, wow. I, somebody who's in LA and doesn't want to be in TV. That's uh, awesome. It's no, all I'm, about the music. I'm in LA for the weather. No, yeah. I'm in LA because I, I had a, a really difficult time um, sort of. Um, saying no, like sort of stepping out of the theater community and really focusing on my own projects and my own music and, and still being in New York and still having, you know, people having access and, and, you know, it just was too difficult for me to really give all my attention and, and commitment to that. So I, I came out here um, and I haven't really looked back. I love it here. I love my life here. And I, I some people are a lot more productive and creative in New York because of the energy, because of the pace and because of the people they're surrounded by. Me. Right. Yeah. And I do better me. out here where there's space and quiet and yeah. I don't, you Amen, know, sister. I don't have to worry about what other people, yeah. I just hole up in my place and. Yeah, I don't get anything done in New York. Yeah. I just walk and listen to my iPod. I feel like, I feel like I'm, what am I supposed to be doing? Everyone's running around in yeah. such a hurry. Where am I missing? I always yeah. feel like I'm behind. Yes. yes. You wake up and the whole city is shaking. It's like, like, oh my God, they're all getting ahead of me. I have to get out there. Yeah. Right. yeah. What yeah. am I doing? I don't know. I'm just moving. I'm just moving. <laughs> I love yeah, that. It's, I do too. <laughs> but I was born and raised there, so yeah, it's, yeah. that makes sense. in my blood. But I'm since from I'm from the capital of Washington, Olympia, what, what's Olympia, that? which is <laughs> shocking to many of our listeners, they thought Seattle was the capital. It's one of those <gasps> states where the capital is like, that's the capital. I bet they don't know the capital of Oregon either, because if you think that Seattle is Washington, you probably think Portland is Oregon. It's not. It's what not is it? Salem. I am here today to educate you. <laughs> Lighting up the Pacific Northwest with Shoshana Bean. Well, when we Where come in the back, world is Shoshana Bean? we are going to have a, right now, actually, we're going to have another installment of our special series, audiobook bestsellers. And then after that, we're going to hear Shoshana's song, Blood from a Stone, from her latest album, O'Farrell Street. And then we will be back for the dessert portion of the evening, which is a long, uninterrupted interview segment where we will answer questions from Facebook and talk about Shoshana's wonderful song. Now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to celebrating literacy and the written word, we bring you an exclusive excerpt from one of this week's best-selling audiobook titles, It All Happened to Me, a searing portrait of one woman's true life struggle to overcome just about everything. Forgiveness. This is the word people have repeated to me most often over the years. They tell me I will need to learn how to forgive, how to open my heart and trust the universe again. Trust the universe? After everything that's happened to me, how is that possible? Just the other day, Oprah called because she wanted to see how I was handling being awake. Of course, I thought she was calling to tell me that she'd selected me for her book club, which I think is back now, right? I'm not sure. Anyway, I totally went off on her, which I have the right to do given everything I've been through. Actually, it was Gail who called, but I was mad about the book club thing anyway, and I told her so, and I'm sure she went and told Oprah because they're best friends, and they both know what I've been through. Forgiveness. This is the word I've written on a post-it note, the word I keep pasted on my mirror so I can see it first thing every morning. 
But in order to forgive, I must first go back to those weeks of pain and torment. The date is emblazoned in my mind. August 1st, 2009. That was the day I lost my job. That was the day I was given two weeks severance and an explanation that my department was being downsized in light of the recent financial crisis. So began several weeks of not knowing where my next paycheck was going to come from. So began several weeks of living off of my savings and enduring a constant barrage of questions from my husband about how I was doing. I was forced to fill my days with longer lunches than usual, and I had no choice but to turn to pen and paper to give some ventilation to my grief and my sorrow. And in the whole fourteen days before I found another job for almost the same amount of money, I chronicled every passing second of my uncertainty. I gazed deep into my fear to see what I could learn about myself. And now I've put it all in these pages for you because it all happened to me. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I, I, I mean, am I right? The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Yeah! Oh, oh. What has it been done to the children? The children. Oh, we oh shut God. the door. We shut the door. The children. It. the children love that song. I love that song. I love that song. We Folks that on song. Facebook love that song. Justin Simpson loved it and said it sounded like it was actually recorded in the 1960s. Oh, it captured the vibe perfectly. Yeah, doesn't it? I, I just that. think that that whole, yeah, that kind of... It. Janis Joplin, they rocking it out. The, yeah, yeah, I just love it. It's I was a wonderful. The, I was at your uh, your uh, Shoshana's album release party, as opposed to my album release party. <laughs> um, just two weeks ago ugly. or so, and just to hear all that live with live horns and wow. crazy backup God. singers, and it was so hot, and oh, the, the, the audience, and it was just steamy, and everyone was into Where it. Where was the party like, held? Where did Why? you perform? At Why the Sayers Club. Where's that? Um, on Wilcox in Hollywood. Oh, cool. Yeah. How hot. It's just are the you right go- Are you going to tour it all with it? or? I'm working on that, yeah. Oh. I'm pretty much an independent camp here. Keep it's us me posted. and so a lot of hats and a lot Keep of jobs. Keep us posted. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Is but what is happening know. in the recording industry the same thing that's happening in the publishing industry where the platform has changed and gone digital and mm-hmm. independent artists can stay independent? Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot more opportunities for independence. Of right. course, the, the the pool is much more saturated now with, you know, to get attention and get, you know, you sift through all these artists to listen to it sometimes I think it's it's tough because there is so much out there that no one really knows where to go to find it unless it's being shoved down your throat so there's pros and cons to it I enjoy it right now because um I think mostly artistically uh you were speaking at the break about you know uh not knowing if your work is good enough or you're good enough or whatever and to me like this project was a jump was the starting point for me of really being like I'm happy with it I achieved what I set out to do the fact that it resonates with anyone else is like icing on a really great cake already because I feel good about it so to me you know um that always what has was to my be point? the case. <laughs> no, it, it's about being being independent. You don't have somebody. Oh, that's why I like being yeah, independent right. because I can make the artistic calls and I don't have to approve it with anyone. I, I just made the project that way. Now, when it comes to getting it out there, I definitely need to expand the team. But in the in the creative process, I was like, you know what? I don't. 
I just know what I want to do. And if it means I'm going to be really isolated doing this and just yeah. pick people who are really in line with it, then I'm okay with it. Now so the, that's the beautiful thing about in, being independent. Yeah. Can I ask, like, and so now that it is about getting it out there, what is the, like, this is what we need to do. Is it like mm-hmm. tour? Is mm-hmm. it like radio? Like, what's for me, the goal? I think tour is first because uh, the music I'm very proud of and I think it speaks for itself. However, I am a live performer. I mean, right. Broadway thing. Right. I, no, I have to thank for that. Well. But, but my show is a show. It's a production and it's, um, in, and I think I when people experience it, well, thank you, it. Bear. Yeah. when people experience it, then they understand and, and there's, you either love it or you hate it. And, um, and so, uh, radio would be secondary to that. But to me, I just want to be on the road. I just want to be doing my show. And it, it makes me a little envious because with the author, the indie author world, we lost the venues. You know, we would go oh, to bookstores book sure. and read, sure. and the bookstores are sort of gone. So mm. everything that we do with our product now needs to be happening on the web. It's right. kind of why we're doing the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because content is king, but yeah. finding a way to get the content pushed yes. out there, as you said, yes. you got lost in this enormous sea now of content. How do you step forward out? And we that was kind of why we started the Dinner Party Show, was as yeah. a way to, for ourselves and for the people, yeah, for you well, guys, thank God. to There's come something... and find a way to, to, to step up and say, hi, yeah. it's me. Yeah. I think there's something really brilliant about it because it forces people to create their own opportunities to think outside of the box. Before, like you said, there was a very specific way for authors to be heard and seen. There was a very specific way for music artists, you know, and if you didn't get into that, you know, in in that way, then there was no way to, to right. get in at all. So As now you, you said can create... it was limiting. Yes, they were the, the the people who were doing the delivery were also limiting what the product was. Sure, and, they were and saying, controlling if you don't it, fit yeah. in this box. Now it's up to you to get your box out there, so yeah. to speak. Oh, <laughs> that's my motto: get your box out there. <laughs> no <laughs> FCC regulations here in the world of internet radio. <laughs> See what I mean? It's so great to be independent. I know it is. <laughs> I'm gonna embroider that on but something. You have get the show component that you were just describing, yeah. but what about the? Tr- we talked about the transition for Barrett from Broadway to television what was the transition like for you from Broadway to you're in the studio and I guess it's all you you're managing those musicians and their orchestrations and all that sort of stuff what was that like well it's twofold I think that uh, like you mentioned the stigma attached to a Broadway performer that was there when I first stepped out in uh, 2006 uh, is not attached anymore there's a great amount of respect I feel anyway that wasn't there in the beginning it used to be like oh you're Broadway so you can't really be a pop performer you're Broadway Mm. so you can't really be on TV Look at your, you know what I mean? Those kind of things used to, I used to hear all the time. And now, and maybe it is glee, maybe it is the cool factor of the shows that are being produced on Broadway now. I don't know exactly what it is, but something has shifted where, you know, it just became a badge of honor that I have Broadway credits and, mm. and really, you know, a jumping off point. Or, or um, So that's the first thing. Um, it is a totally different world, though. As I mentioned, people don't show up on time. They right. don't always do what they say they're going to do. So I've learned to just sort of stick with the people that do operate with the same level of integrity that I attempt to. Um, but I like being in charge. I've noticed that, uh, which is so different from my childhood. The other day I was like, I'm doing the same thing I did at four and six, like dressing people up, telling them where to stand and what to do, bossing them around and I'm the star. Like there's nothing really different. Um, So I love that. Uh, I love being in charge. It is a huge responsibility to manage a band, to manage a project of that nature, of that size. But I loved it. I just... um, And finding people with that work ethic can be challenging. Yeah. Let us leave it at that in a yeah. kind Indeed. and Christian kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> and some people you oh, I hate to say this but some people you forgive the lateness and the because they're so good and some people you're like, "You know what? I can I can find other people who do what you do. It's more important to right. me to have the right, you know, vibe and the right energy and and some timeliness." Or as but um Mikhail Baryshnikov said when he fired Delcy Kirkland, "No one is that good." Well, mm. <laughs> some people are not good enough to be dealing with, right? you know, yeah. the the crap that comes along with them sometimes. But um 
what was I did? Well, we were talking about being the. You're suddenly you're <laughs> going from being a performer and then you're the producer in charge. You're in I charge, love yeah. the freedom attached to that. Right. The freedom of schedule and the freedom of expression. You know, when you're doing a show uh, eight times a week that are not your words, there's a level of expression that's individual. But you know, I just like that. I'm in control of content. I'm in control. Yeah. I guess the the theme is I like being in control. Yeah. So. But that's the that's the <laughs> wow. age we're in. therapist. That's the age we're in. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Shoshana. But, but it's a lot of responsibility because <laughs> yes. you're not you're creating the schedule and you're getting everyone together and it's that's it's like you have to self motivate and it's, it's a like whole being new a writer. job. Yeah. You guys, should, you guys would know. Yeah. Or oh, doing yeah. this show. The writing part. I'm just Let's like, talk about that. I'm just like, <laughs> tell me when to show up. Right. 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 I'll memorize my lines. It'll but be fun. Did I hear you say earlier in the show, Barrett? <laughs> that doesn't sound irritating at all, Barrett. <laughs> no, no. Barrett, did you literally say earlier in the show? two to four weeks of rehearsal for a Broadway show that's all you get because back in high school we had like if you're putting it up like when we put hairspray up before we went to Seattle we had a we had about a month and a half. Yeah, six mm-hmm. weeks. And then we got to Seattle and we kept rehearsing while we were doing previews. How do y'all memorize but all those lines? When we replace. <laughs> when we replace. So I replaced the lead in Avenue Q. She replaced the lead in Wicked. And it's, you get two um, weeks? I got a month. You did get a month. Oh, because, because there's so much other. I got, oh, you're a puppet. I got two but weeks. I got two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you have to le- learn this leading role that never leaves no. the stage. Oh, and also the art of puppetry in two <laughs> weeks. No, no, no. I go. probably got two weeks, but I didn't go on. For, I mean, I think I had a month. I really That's do. like if they had but said to us, like, we have a writing job for you, but it's in Japanese. So you'll have to learn Japanese and First, write something well. Go. And yeah. then rewrite this. Weeks. And yeah. how was the art of puppetry? The art of puppetry is. so good at it. The other puppetry is it's challenging because it will first first they have to just weed out do you have the puppet gene or not can you <laughs> can you move this is what I call it it's no like one the else same could, gene that makes like cilantro taste weird it is yeah. it's yes <laughs> this cilantro is soapy um the, the it's <laughs> okay there's a there's basically you can either sync up your hand to your mouth or you can't and this is a visual joke so I'm not going to tell it on the radio um but basically. But we should tell yeah. our audience that in Avenue Q, you were on stage with the puppet. On stage on your with arm. the puppet. So not yeah. like Sesame Street, where there's uh, people behind a wall and then you just see a puppet. Right. I was a puppeteer with the puppet in the spotlight, and we were both kind of the character. It's really kind of unique and, and strange yes. and really fun and funny and dirty and really clever. It's a great show. I saw it on yeah. Broadway. Yeah, it's so true. So so, but I had to kind of play catch up because I was doing uh, I was doing puppetry alongside people who have been doing puppetry for 15 years on Sesame Street. Wow. And Golly. suddenly I was like, they're like, you have to be on this level. Go, you know, eight times a week. And, you know, at first it was a little challenging. So you had but the puppet gene? I guess I had the puppet gene. I got the part. I don't know. You can pat your head and rub your <laughs> stomach exactly. at the same time. I think so. I think so. We have a question on the Facebook page about Avenue Q. It's from Jason Eric Clem. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name, Jason, correctly. Uh, Barrett, were you in <laughs> Avenue Q? when? And I think, Barrett, you'll have to ground this question for yeah. us because I'm not sure I understand it. Were you in Avenue Q when Gary Coleman died, and how did the show deal with that? Okay, that's. I like that question. Yeah. Um, in the know. So uh, there are there are three human characters. You know, like on Sesame Street, there's humans and there's puppets. Right. So there were four puppeteers and there were three human characters. One of them was a woman named Christmas Eve. Another one was a guy named Brian. Another one was Gary Coleman. Like, yes, that Gary Coleman. It was and literally he, Gary Coleman. It was Gary Coleman. The sort character. Like, played the by char- a woman. It was played by a woman. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Was, sorry. Yes. Uh, it was initially written for him to be in it. Like, we'd love you to be in it. Um, but uh, So it wasn't like John Malkovich. He didn't actually come in and play the part. Exa- I mean, I, apparently he was, you know, too busy being a security guard. Um, he <laughs> was... That can really take up your time. He, uh... He, 
<laughs> Sorry, we have other kids. We had to let in the those studio. Are like the, the bratty kids. ones. Those are the bratty ones. Yeah. Those are the ones I love. Those are from Harvard Westlake in the canyon. Yeah. Those, in a trunk. those are going in the trunk with the capital kids. <laughs> now, was it KK or KC or CC? CK, capital kids. Okay. Just wanted to know. Um, capital kids. Okay. So <laughs> I have to remember have to... that. Uh, There'll be a test. Later. Okay, so so Gary Coleman is is and he is now the superintendent of of, of Avenue Q. His his life isn't going so great. It's literally he's kind of like you know what? No one else will hire me, and so now I'm the superintendent of right. of of this street, of this building. Street. So uh, so <laughs> thanks, Yoshan. There was a there was actually a, a line that he would come out and he goes he goes um, my. Uh, my damn purpose in life is to uh, is is I, I hold on. What is it? It's it's it's. I, I'm afraid that my damn purpose in life is to is is that I've already achieved. No, I. I, I here we go. <laughs> Do the puppet three. hand to Can get I in character. That? Just act like Take you have three. a puppet. Use the <laughs> we'll I'm, fix it in post. Right. <laughs> damn, this is live. Uh, Take twenty three. <laughs> I'm, Go afra- Gary. I'm afraid that 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 I already achieved my damn purpose in life, and now it's a slow, steady walk to the grave. Oh, that Aww. was the line. Oh my god! And, and then, then he, he died, died. Oh, dear. while the show was still running. So, so they were like, oh. "What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do about this whole character? Can we not even do it? Is it in poor taste? Do we cut a whole character? You can't do that. There's only seven people in the whole show." Should we make him Emmanuel Lewis? So I, th- <laughs> I mean, I think they've probably thought about that. So um, I think they, they, uh, I think it just got cut off, and it was um, uh, my greatest fear is that I've already achieved my damn purpose in life. And you just stop there. And you just stop there, yeah. and then he's just, it's just randomly the ghost of Gary Coleman on Ses- on Avenue Q. Yeah, we have a question for both of you. It looks like Long from Regis, Regis Harden Jr. Excuse me. Um, is there a song that you all had to perform as part of a role that you're sick of and never want to do again? Personally, mine was Corner of the Sky from the New Orleans I'm Recreation sure it Department was. Theater. Mine is We're the Capital Kids. Um, oh, I, I always, I don't want to be un, un, in, ingracious. Do you know what I mean? Is that a word? In ingrate? Ungrateful. I don't want to be, yeah. Un- ingracious sounds there are, pretty good there, to me. There are a few, yes. Well, there's one in particular. Okay. Would you want to tell <laughs> us what it is? Why don't you tell or? us what it is? <sighs> oh, my God. It's from a show that Dead you were air. in. It's from a show I was in. <laughs> But she, but here's she, what we'll do. Here's, here's a, what we'll do. Do we have a puppet? Barrett, you no, go. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, Barrett, you tell. Just you can talk about why you don't want to do it anymore without saying what it is. I feel like that's even more. That's even worse. Because <laughs> then, <laughs> then you're gonna slip and say what it is later, and then the secret yeah. will be out. Or you'll, that'll be the part. Let that me makes think of a, a way to say it. You right. go first. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Passing the buck to Barrett Foa, Nicolella. <laughs> I'll take humiliating the, for thirty, Bob. <laughs> the uh, you know I've I've played some some great uh, roles in my life, but like for instance, like Jesus and Godspell, great role. But someone's like, sing something from Godspell, and you don't want to be like. <laughs> Dance for God, Grandma. Like, uh, I can't think of how God's free bird. Do free bird. Uh, Take how off God your top. Yeah. Uh, 
When will thou save, save the people? <laughs> oh, God of mercy, one. <laughs> there we go. Oh, God of mercy, one. <laughs> I can't imagine why people don't want to hear me sing that. No, it's just like not a great standalone song. It like belongs yeah. in the show. Right. And then similarly, Purpose is like the the kind of I want big song from the, the, the lead character of Avenue Q. But it kind of just goes... Purpose, 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 yeah, yeah, purpose. Right. And then what's so kind of fun about it is that it just repeats. Um, the, Other words <laughs> that also mean purpose. And But what's so great about it is there are these, like, these moving boxes that are like these puppet moving boxes that are like floating around Princeton yeah. while he's singing it. And it's just like a really fun it's a number. Uh, arrangement. It's a number, so, yeah. Th- this is the thing. I, I When people are like singing this concert, I'm like, I don't. Like doing that, I like singing yeah. as part of a show in a as a character as as part of the arc in a show, and I, and so whenever someone does ask me to, because you know there are like oh do this benefit or right. sing at this thing or raise let's raise money for this great cause, and I'm like absolutely I want to I want to mm-hmm. donate my time and talent, but it's hard because it's it's standalone and it's weird and I'm not part of something that's greater, so it mm-hmm. feels exposed and not. Mm-hmm. Real and put on instead of like I'm in a world that you right. believe, right? And that and then that makes me nervous, and then mm-hmm. that you get nervous, and yeah. it's weird, and so, everyone's nervous. But it's a, yeah. exactly, and it's a, but it's a skill. It's a skill. So yeah. I try to kind of put myself out there just for fun. So like, it's not that you hate the song; it's just that you don't feel right singing it without doing the rest of the right. show. Right, and also you have to get a puppet. <laughs> yeah, There's that's that. an Avenue Q thing that yeah. I think is, but I think that would bit. get you off the hook. It's like, well, yes, you can have me, but you need to buy nine puppets, right? And you have to have the cast to manipulate all of them. Yeah, and, yeah. So can you do that? Yeah, well, and then they're like, <laughs> actually, could you just sing like Freebird? <laughs> Remember when that, that Miss America contestant did the yodeling? Um, no, that, was, that was one dummy. of the most important things that's ever happened. Amazing things I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. She it's was really on, Rachel Matter had her on the show. Like it was, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I need to look it was this a ventriloquist up. yodeling. Wow. And she was, that was her talent for Miss she America. Could I didn't she even know she won. She is now in Avenue Q. She's <laughs> playing she, Gary Coleman. <laughs> they're building a show around her. It was they phenomenal. They it was are. phenomenal. You Andrew should Lloyd learn Weber to do that. Doing a show. Yeah, you oh. should learn to do your puppet yodeling. Yeah, you should do ventriloquist yodeling. <laughs> you should really try. <laughs> you know what you should do is win Wins one of those are, Emmys. That's good for TV people. Um, that helps. Yeah. So I, have you decided to cop to the song? I did. That you and I, I think because I came up with my reasoning behind it, my not came up with, but like and then that'll probably make more sense to people. But um, it, defying gravity, I'm, I'm, I'm really because I've a million times and and post wicked, <laughs> indeed, post wicked, <laughs> it just seemed to be all that people were interested in hearing right. from me. So it's there, I I attached a story and a stigma to it that like that's all people want from me. That's all that will ever mm. resonate for them. That's all they the see. The Jennifer Holiday effect. Yeah. yeah. And and I really changed my perspective on that at some point. And I was like, I'm lucky that I get to do this. I'm lucky that people even want to hear from me. I'm lucky that right. it gave me the platform that it did yeah. and the exposure that it did. So it turned from sort of resentment to gratitude. Um for sure, but you know it, and it's not that I'm sick of singing it. Every time the chords start and I get to start, and of course the audience, it's such a crowd pleaser, right. if you will, mm-hmm. that that's always you know um, lovely to be able to provide. But yeah, I mean, I mean, just if anything, I'm like, okay, 
You know, yeah. it's not. It would not be my first choice if you asked me to come sing at your dinner party. Yeah, Dude. it's sort of like the Rolling Stones. Like, oh, good, we get to sing Satisfaction, Satisfaction again. again tonight. Yeah. Okay, but I don't know if it was mine and I wrote it. That'd be different. If it was my, like, I'd be thrilled. That, but I didn't write it, and it every girl can sing it. And you know what I mean? It would still well, be the not every girl. girl can sing not it. A, this girl can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> yeah. it. This girl has tried in the sing. shower, <laughs> and there were some calls from neighbors. Yeah. Are you pointing at me? No, I'm pointing at every everyone here. Everyone here. Sound guys. Did um, you get those same calls? <laughs> <laughs> this girl can't sing. <laughs> it's all about inside jokes today here at the Dinner Party Show, guys. Visual Let's, jokes. Can I tell my Oprah story? No, oh I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Do you have to? It's actually Kathy Griffin's Oprah story. But right? it, the show goes on, and you can catch what we do on, during the breaks on our YouTube channel, unless we've said something we don't want uploaded to YouTube, in which case we ask Be- uh, Beckett not to upload it. Thank you again, Beckett, for being here this evening. He's been a wonderful help to us. Let's have a big <laughs> round of applause from the... Yeah. Let's see. The uh, yay. Alive. Oh, the wrong it's button. Alive. Sorry. It's alive. Your dog <laughs> is science. eating an avocado. Oh, that's oh. Yule Hauser. I'm sorry. Poor oh, my God. Yule. That's the Beckett. Oh, I would have liked to have that. Instead, I got creepy children. <laughs> I'd like those fanfare. The horns. It was the, it was the capital kids. Oh <laughs> is that a fat joke? No, it's not. Oh it's not a fat joke. We don't make fat jokes on the dinner party show. Oh, you We're speak in the food delivery. If you're fat, you're fat. Yeah. I'm tired of people complaining about people mentioning that they're fat if they're fat. It's like, if you have a problem with it, you know, push away Stop from the all-you-can-eat cookie. buffet. You is all you I gotta put say. this tray in front of me. I like, know. I was going to say, don't get on people if you want them to take home your luscious homemade cookies. <laughs> Don't, like bunnies. don't be drawing we attention talk to about nobody's way. Really These are delicious saying, cookies. Really good. Elegantly frosted. I'm very impressed. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you very much. And made fresh just for you. I am Thank honored you. and Bunny I have cookies. enjoyed quite a few. Thank you must good. know. And there's a gift box of them outside <laughs> waiting for you to take absolutely. home. Absolutely. Shoshana Bean and Barrett Foe, we want to thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for having us. We're going to really dismiss you now, but we're going to ask oh. you to stay so we can oh. snap a photo with you after uh, the show. Um, but thanks again for being, and I think oh all our God, Facebook people. Oh, God, it's over. Wow. That yeah. really went fast. fast. I know. Do you say that all the time? You say that at every time. No, y'all no. have to come back. No, we don't. We can talk really long. You can say no to all this. Sometimes some it's like, here. I can't wait to get out of here. I know, yeah. like when my mother was on. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my mother was amazing. She was amazing. Uh, thank you both very much for being here. We hope you'll come back. Indeed. Thank you. Absolutely. And now it's time for another installment of our special PSA series, Best Served Warm. And now... In keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the Dinner Party Show what it is. Best served warm. Hi, I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm. Are you tired of art? Are you tired of the damage art does to your friendships? Are you tired of friends who move to Venice Beach and become weird and make miniature cities out of old toothbrushes and expect you to drive like a million years out to the boardwalk so you can watch them set them on fire before the cops show up on segways and everyone has to start running? This is what art does to people. And just because you live in a big city that's fun and full of cool things doesn't mean you have to like art or what it does to your close friends. Fashion is not art. It's better. You can take it off after a few hours. Art never goes away. 
And why do people who like to sketch end up living in such sketchy neighborhoods? Do they just not understand the word? There are simple steps you can follow to protect yourself when your friends come down with a case of art. If one of them invites you to their art opening, just tell them you're allergic to exposed pipes and 15-year-old Moby songs. If one of them tells you they're doing a play and they can't describe the story in like three lines or name a song from it, that means it's performance art and you have to kill them. Seriously, you have to stop them. Performance art needs to be stopped. I went to this one thing like last year downtown and I still have fish scales up my butt and I can't hear out of my right ear. I fucking hate performance art. Anyway, don't let art ruin your friendships the way it is ruining some of mine who shall remain nameless until Dimitri Sandals gets his brain back and moves back from the beach like a normal gay. I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm. let Jordan Ampersand back in the studio. Well, you heard the voices on the Facebook page. They had spoken and they wanted Jordan back. I'm glad well, you're letting him off the hook. they don't have to work with him is all I can say about uh, that. But yeah, we'll, we're going to have a measured sort of return. There's going to be rules and there's going to be minders. understandings. He's going to have minders while he's here. People who follow We're going to get somebody armed to stand over him Tasered at all times. Yeah, minders. somebody with a taser ready to go. Yeah, those Tasered darts. Minders. Is I'm, the darts? No, the blow darts are not tasers. No, the ones that where they shoot the... Is that tasers where they shoot the electric darts into you? And no, they actually have to touch you with the taser. Yeah. But it's yeah. What, I want the one with the darts. They look more blow painful. Blow darts. Blow darts, yeah. They, they have electrical blow darts? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Are you, are, did you have a lot of that tea? I think you had too much tea. I've had as much as I could drink during as much the two as hours you of the drink. show. Hey, we're great in trouble show. with my mom. It was a great show, but my mom's pissed. Well, she's your mom, man. I'll deal with her. I'll well, what it. did you do now? <laughs> well, we, we made a joke that her uh, show was boring, and it wasn't. It was actually one of our best shows. It oh was my our God, first show. It was our premiere show. Yeah. We were incredibly I was indebted. teasing her because I could see her on the page along with our other loyal listeners and friends. <laughs> also, Buffy Peterson wanted to point out that she knew where the capital of, of Washington was because she's actually That's from right. Washington. That's right. We've learned something tonight. Shoshana Bean, our guest tonight, was— The capital, kids. And is that how they sounded? From- Olympia, Washington, Olympia, right? Washington. Which is the capital of Washington. I know Feral Street, the name of her album, which is available on our site now, is also a street in Absolutely. Olympia, Washington. It's also a street in San Francisco, but that's not the O'Farrell Street she was talking about. So it's pointless for me to have even said that or brought it up. No, you're just confusing people. I am. I'm just confusing people. It's a trick question on our geography test. Absolutely. Well, in an attempt to turn the entire dinner party show into nothing but technical announcements about how you can listen to the show, the way you should listen to the show and what upcoming shows are happening. We joked this week that we were going to have an information channel like right? the airport or traffic channels. So you just tune in and it tells you places you can tune in to listen to the show because there's so many options for you out there and they're all free. They are all free. We have free mobile apps. If you are on a tablet or a mobile device of any kind and you go to the dinnerpartyshow.com and you click on our player, you should be taken directly to the app store that has the free app that you need. And if you're not, email us or write us a message on the Facebook page and tell us whether or not that system is working. Next week, it's a birthday special since right? it's our birthday Christopher's season. Christopher's birthday is tomorrow and mine is next Saturday. So we've kind of rolled it all into a big birthday month kickoff celebration. Absolutely. And our special correspondents are doing, uh, they're recording in the process of recording uh, birthday tributes to the two of us. I think this should be great. Yeah, we'll see. I know how our special correspondents turn out. So, you know. Well, I think Jordan is on his best behavior and I, you know. Which I, is still, you know, damned by faint praise. Well, he's trying to make up for that 
better than Jordan is not necessarily great. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. And Janelle still doesn't have a clue, but we're not allowed to talk about that. At least she's nice. Yeah, all right. Whatever. You're clueless and nice. Uh, And then after that, we're doing a best of our interviews. We're calling it At the Table, and we're collecting and reflecting on the best interview segments that we have done so far since uh, beginning our live cast in November of last year. Absolutely. Which is to say that some of our... It's just a, an excerpt and a sampling. It isn't to say to the guests that didn't make the cut no. that they weren't good guests. No, absolutely. It is the interview clips in which Eric and I said the most about ourselves. And we've collected them all into the show and we've pretended it's about the interviewees, but, it's but really just it's about our, the interviewers. Us saying our names as many times and as possible. And we drop in as many technical announcements as we can during each interview. No, that, none of that is true. At the table is... No, they're uh, actually interviews yeah. we just particularly enjoyed doing. Absolutely. But we particularly enjoyed having Shoshana Bean on tonight. Her album is available through the site. Um, Barrett Foa is on Tuesday nights on NCIS. We LA have NCIS on DVD and available through also download. Available also through available site. through our store. Just look for Tom, LL Cool J. What's his... What is Todd. the name? Todd. Absolutely, Todd, otherwise known as LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell. You can see their lovely faces on our mainframe on our website. And by clicking through, you go to our affiliate links. And by making your purchases in that way, you support the show, which is currently free and fun. And we appreciate it. And Olympia is the capital of Washington. Should I tell my Oprah story? Oh, maybe next week. Any final thoughts, Eric Shaw Quinn? You know, I haven't got a thought in my head. <laughs> you know, that's so funny because you can just go on and on. That's and what my on. mother says about you. You all can just talk endlessly. That christened endlessly. Eric. Absolutely. Well, we're done talking. It's the end of the dinner party show live we're not. cast. We're just done talking on today's for show. For March. We're gonna talk our way out of the studio. Thanks to all of you for tuning in and for listening, and we hope you're uh, here back again next week and every week thereafter until they throw us out of this joint. Right? (laughs) I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thank you.